This is Agile. An ATB podcast dedicated to sharing stories and providing insights on all things Agile. With your host, Michelle Compton. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of This is Agile. Today we have James Clausen, Zainab Onan, and Caitlin O'Donnell joining us to discuss a program increment planning session that happened right here at ATB. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me. Hey Michelle. Hi Michelle. Michelle. Let's, uh, as always, start with some introductions. James, can you take it away? Yeah, definitely. So I'm the Director of Business Banking Experience within the Everyday Banking team of CX Transformation. And I've been with ATB for just over 10 months. My job and the thing that keeps me up at night is making sure that our business customers can have great experiences with us online. And Zainab? Yes, hi. I'm the Scrum Master Practice Lead just very recently, the last month within digital. And I've been with ATB for almost five years now. Been practicing Agile for just about one and a half years now, a little bit on the innovation team. And then more recently with the ATB Digital Lab, where I've been working as a Scrum Master. Excellent. Thank you. And Caitlin? I'm a software developer. I've been working on our online business platform. I've been at ATB for almost six months now, but I've been doing Agile for a few years now. So with that, let's just dive right into the episode topic. So can you tell me a little bit about this session that you had? Sure. The session we had is actually a formal part of the scaled agile methodology called PI planning or program increment planning. PI planning or PIs are are really there to help teams handle extreme dependency and complexity as part of their work. So what you do in with a typical PI is you get absolutely everyone together in a room. Well, in a perfect world, everyone gets together in a room and you work through a predetermined number of sprints. You actually get in, groom out all of your stories. You have all of your designs and you map out all the dependencies, everything that needs to happen in order to make those stories happen for that PI. For us, what that's allowed us to do is tackle the complex problem that is our business banking replatforming. So we're building everything from the ground up and almost everything we're integrating with is building from the ground up as well. And then on top of that, everything we're doing to everyone. What we found in the past is that we would sprint ahead for you know one or two iterations, uncover a big dependency, have a you know everyone would stop, we'd resolve that dependency, get going again. That was just leading to a big drain on our velocity. So we decided to try out PI planning. So we just, we're just nearing the end of our first PI right now. How did you guys get ready for the session? Like, I'm not so interested in the logistics of like catering or anything like that, but just <laughs> how did you decide who needed to be involved and what was needed and that sort of thing? Yeah, it was complicated. Some of the stuff was pretty easy. In a perfect PI, everyone's involved in some way. But from a product perspective, if you're dealing with five sprints worth of work, that meant we had to get all of our stories ready for those five sprints. We had to make sure that going into the PI that we'd chatted with the dev teams to make sure that if we needed to identify any architecture challenges coming in, that we had cleared all those things as much as we could for the team. The product work was leading up to making sure we had everything to set up the teams for success while they're in the PI. Because the PI takes place over two days and it's really intense sessions, which um, Zainab and, and Caitlin can tell you much more about than I can. But if we weren't prepared from the product perspective, we wouldn't be setting the teams up for success. From a agile roles perspective, who was involved in the session itself? We had involvement basically from across the whole team, all the developers, all the QAs, all the scrum masters. 
we had the product managers as well as the product owners. And then we also had the delivery leads and program portfolio managers. So it was very comprehensive. I think we all came out impressed with how well it actually worked. It's not an easy feat to get 80 people to work, even to attend a single event, let alone to collaborate and work through breakout sessions. And uh, there were multiple sessions. There was communication needed between the different teams. There was a lot of runner type of work being done where you know somebody from a scrum master typically from one of the breakout sessions was going to another room to work with all the other scrum masters and identify where we had issues challenges dependencies risks kind of flag those as we ran into them so that we could collaborate amongst those breakout sessions and the different squads involved i would say very successful as well what kind of things did you do? What kind of discussions did you have? And what were your final outputs? With everyone in the room, start at the beginning of the very first day, we spent a little bit of time just talking about the vision of the work that we're doing, how how the teams were all set up, because we had, I believe, four different squads were all brought together for PI planning. From the product owner and product perspective and delivery managers, like sort of all the leadership there, and we wanted to talk about what are we all doing? What's the goal? What's the structure? This was a first for almost everyone involved. So out of the 80 people there, only four or five people had actually done PI planning before. So I know it was new to me. We talked a lot about the schedule for the day. And of course, we approached it in an agile format. So we set everything up, the sessions itself, which were to get through the grooming sessions for five sprints to identify all of the dependencies between each of the features and each of the stories for each of the teams in each of the sprints. So you can imagine that's just a ton of work. Yeah, it's like a so puzzle. The, it absolutely is a puzzle. And we'll talk later, the, the output is actually, well, I call it a murder board, but there's there's a much better way to, <laughs> to refer to it. You know, the, All the stickies on the wall with strings connecting them together. It truly is a, a very cool thing. The last thing I'll say is that after the squads all split out to start actually doing the work. There was a team of us that got together and we ran in between the rooms. Uh, we were actually phoning each other, old school phoning and, and running in between the rooms. And then every, I believe it was every hour, all the scrum masters got together with the product owners and actually had a little retro of how things were going. As the day progressed, we changed quite significantly and we adjusted the agenda and actually pushed some stuff to the next day and you know adjusted on the fly. So it was very, very cool. Uh, it's, it's a really living some of the, those agile principles. What were some of the things you adjusted? I think one of the things that we adjusted was how much depth we were going into when we talked about each task. You started doing less depth or more? A little bit less depth, yeah, because we had quite a few tasks to, to get through. Okay. We brought more focus onto the dependencies than actually going in and defining exactly what needed to be done for each task. Makes sense. Okay. One of the squads actually set up a timer and they gave a couple of minutes to each story and would go around the room do their grooming. If the timer would go off, they move on to the next story. It was very cool to see how each of the different teams sort of self-organized to address the, the time constraints differently. Yeah, that's and one really of the adaptations the team had was also with the roles that they were playing. So usually the scrum masters, at least in our room, it was the scrum master who ran the session. I believe it was the same for most of the others, but then you needed somebody to take notes and you need, we had all these sticky notes that needed to be organized depending on the story, which sprint they were going to go in. Then you have dependencies among those stories. So now the stories that you put in half an hour ago don't align sequencing wise with the new story. So things need to be shuffled 
and reconsidered, then maybe you've got too much bulk in one sprint, so they have to be split out. And then there's a dependency that's identified. So this constant movement of these sticky notes that we're trying to put into the correct sprint. So uh, when we started off, it was more of a leading the group through the discussion by the time we finished I was at the back of the room I basically was just watching mesmerized as most of the team was actually at the board just discussing amongst themselves okay well this needs to go first this one we need to add to the next sprint oh guys we have too many points in this sprint we have to split it out that was a big visual difference and uh, engagement and involvement difference that developed over the course of the day wow that's excellent And so did you have the groups broken up into the squads that they normally worked with? In the Enterprise API breakout session, we had a combination of the product managers, the developers, the QA team, the architects floated between the two rooms, and we had the Scrum Master as well. You were mentioning the big visual chart, right? So that was in each room. And then how did you combine them to get that overarching view? Big visual chart was what we ended up with in the central room. We had our own charts uh, in each of the breakout sessions. Okay, and then you would just integrate them at the end of each breakout session? No, we brought those in at the very end, at the end of day two. And that's where we had that massive board and we put all our stickies on there. Okay. So in terms of activities and discussions and outputs, was there anything else you guys wanted to mention? One of the interesting things was after we had brought all of the different boards together and created that big murder board or big conspiracy board, we spent a lot of time at the end of the day actually doing a big retro. I believe you're probably going to ask us about things we would do differently, but I think that was a really interesting exercise to go through because you'd asked how we split out the teams and we defaulted to the normal PI planning methodology of going by squad, but actually what one of the pieces of feedback from the teams was let's organize by feature instead of by squad because our dependencies flow from team to team. So then why not say, well, if there's a group of people that are going to be working on e-transfers, put everyone who's working on e-transfers together in a room. That's actually one of the things we're going to try in our next PI is to, instead of organizing by squad, organize by feature. James, does that kind of fit into the whole idea of like cross-functional teams in Agile? I think it does. I think that it's important to have different perspectives in the room as we're working through complex things like sending EFTs, for example. That's a multi-step cross-functional thing that has to happen. So we should represent that as we're trying to determine how to actually get that work done, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, It does. Here you are at the end of two days. You've done some retrospectives. You've adjusted. You have a murder board. (laughs) What uh, What else did you have in terms of outputs? For each team, between three and five sprints worth of groomed estimated stories, because we start the sprint the very next day. Okay. So so all the teams then could start fresh with stories that they just groomed, just estimated with a lot of velocity. And actually coming out of it, it was really cool. We've talked about it already. We've actually met a bunch of the people that you work with all the time face-to-face. You've just hung out with them in a 15 people or 12 people in a room for two days. That's a kind of relationship you can't have over hangouts. One of the other outcomes that we had was at the very, very end, literally in the last hour or so, between the two teams, between the experience and enterprise, we went through the stories that were actually in JIRA. Looking at that board, we linked all of the stories on the experience side and the enterprise side, so we could see which ones were blockers for the other. So if the timing didn't work out as planned, we would have better insight into which stories were impacted by which other stories, which uh, assisted with some of the management through the 
um, through those iterations. We also ended up creating a Kanban board in order to monitor the risks and dependencies. And that Kanban board continues to be used by the team on a weekly basis to see the progress on those items. Can you tell me a little bit about like what happened post-session? So you said you started the sprint the next day. What else happened? Like, how do you sustain that? Uh, what's been happening? What have you learned? All that kind of juicy stuff. Oh, I think there's a few perspectives on it. From my perspective as the product owner, I just had fewer meetings. And from my chair, there was a lot more alignment on what we were doing. We still have times where we still uncovered dependencies that we hadn't thought of. We still had to stop and evaluate certain stories. We still have had to have those conversations between teams. At least from my perspective, it's been a lot less intense. Yeah, and from my perspective as well, I've been able to just continue developing and I haven't encountered very many blockers in comparison. One of the other advantages that it had was that we were able to actually eliminate the backlog refinement sessions altogether on the enterprise squads. So for the last five sprints, we have only had the sprint planning. And prior to the PI planning, the combination of backlog refinement plus sprint planning could take anywhere from two to four hours. And over the last five sprints, the sprint planning has been contained to a single hour And I think, again, it's because everybody has a vision of where we're going. We have a common understanding what's in scope. And all those stories were already estimated. So it's just a quick confirmation to say, oh, this was what we estimated during PI planning. Is there any reason for them to be different now? What we found was, in general, there wasn't a reason to change those estimates. And for the most part, they were pretty accurate. I did kind of want to take a step back, too, because I know, James, you talked about, like, in preparation you did, there was a bunch of backlog grooming and story estimating and stuff like that. Can you tell me just a little bit more about that process? Sure. I'll give you the five seconds update on our product practice. So when we're approaching a new, a new Epic feature, we go through a process of first we do ideation where we sit down with our partners, basically brainstorming. What could this possibly be to make this an amazing experience for our clients? Then we go through a a set of assigning business value, technical investment, feature decomposition, where we break those ideas down into the individual things that we're planning on building. Then we make the calls about, should this particular feature be in or out? Does it provide enough business value? Is it appropriate for the technical investment? From there, we do the designs, we start testing, we write the stories. Once that's all done, we move into grooming sessions where we sit down with leads from the team, architecture, all kinds of different folks, where we then get into the very, you know, the granular detail of what's involved in these stories what are the dependencies have we identified everything we need to so we had to go through that whole process for everything we wanted to bring into the first pi there was a lot of pre-work we had to really rush and and sort of roll up our sleeves but it was very very productive that put us in a position for now that we're entering our second pi we're actually in a fantastic position where now we're working far ahead we have that pre-work done and we're actually able to look a couple of pis forward i do want to pause for a second to make sure that From my perspective, I I don't think every squad has to go through this. In this work, we're dealing with a pretty intense, pretty broad dependencies. So I want to make sure that everyone out there doesn't think, oh my gosh, I have to do all this work for every squad. I really don't think so. There's probably some examples where we do, but we're dealing with so many different squads who are working with so many dependencies that this has really helped us put some practice, put some thought, put some planning around big groups of sprints together. So what happens at the end of those iterations? You just keep doing more PI? 
PIs. That's what we're doing right now. So we're, we're moving from our first PI into PI2. So we're in Sprint 5 of PI1 right now. Our second PI starts just in a couple of weeks. So we're, we have our next PI planning sessions. We're not going to be doing PIs forever. As I said, it's a big investment. Everyone has to get together. But once we're through dealing with this massive dependencies, I think we'll likely move into a much more typical agile process where we won't have a big investment of planning five sprints at a time. We'll move back into a regular sprint planning kind of process. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I do want to say one last thing. There were a lot of people involved in PI planning. And there's lots of different perspectives. There were four different breakout rooms. There was sort of the central kind of runner room. I think if anyone listening to this podcast is interested, there's lots of different perspectives. Grab any one of us who was involved. I don't think I'm speaking out of school if, if I said we all feel pretty proud of having gone through that process. And we're all pretty proud of having gone together and worked through it together since it was so new to everyone. Any one of us would be happy to, to nerd out and talk your ear off about it. <laughs> That's what Absolutely. this podcast is all about, nerding out. <laughs> yeah. And if I can add one comment, I think what, uh, what I recall the most of the session was actually how much fun it was walking around and collaborating and moving amongst rooms. And there was a real sense of energy and enthusiasm and excitement about it. And when I look back, actually, aside from the efficiencies that we've gained and the vision of where we're going, with the project, I also recall in particular the fun aspect of it. Yeah, well said, Zainab. So you guys talked about some of the benefits that you've gained from doing a session like this. Do you see a way to reap the same benefits on a smaller scale? So for people who don't do a PI session, like, is there anything you learned from doing this that you might apply to your regular, if you will, agile world? I think the underlying ideas of PI planning are really about getting people together and thinking through together what you're going to be working on. That's a core agile value. As you're working together, think about these things cross-functionally, get the different viewpoints, opinions, partners, skill sets, points of view, get everyone together as much as you can. Because we all deal with dependencies in projects. That's going to be a value add every time. Taking the opportunity occasionally to bring everybody together to do a smaller size version of something like this, or even just some of your ceremonies, I think is really powerful because the relationships just get all that much tighter and better understanding of everyone's roles. And it's different working together after you've worked face to face through, whether it's a, a couple of hours or a couple of days. Thanks to our guests for joining us and thanks to all of the listeners for tuning in. This has been episode four of This is Agile because life's too short to build something no one wants. Thank you for listening to ATB's podcast of Agile. For more information on this podcast, reach out to Michelle Compton. Her email address is mcompton at atb.com.